The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Six minutes past the nine o'clock hour, and we are happy to be with you here on a beautiful Wednesday morning in Columbia, Tennessee. Some of us happier than others, considering travel concerns i guess yeah i'm just happy to be here at this point (laughs) happy i made it on time yeah you never know you know i've always thought well i mean i go south in the morning north in the evening there's never any traffic until there is funny how that happens (laughs) and it's like i mean it's not daily traffic so you just don't expect it and typically you know a, a couple of times when i was first coming down here from the new place over in bellevue you know i I would go down Old Hickory, and maybe two or three times in the first couple of weeks, it was something going on at the exit at Old Hickory. And I'm like, geez, what's going on? i got to start checking my ways or something. <laughs> so, yeah, I may just have to keep going the old back roads and end back up on Carter's Creek. Have to go through Leaper's Fork and come through santa fe to get here (laughs) better scenery though right oh it's beautiful yeah i've driven it and it's it's the shortest route mileage wise it's like 31 miles but it's like 45 minute drive whereas if i take the interstate it's you know a 30 minute drive so i don't know what to do it's it's you know gotta i guess you just gotta start checking my ways in the morning what you going to do? Mo's over here typing up a storm. I'm, he curious, is, yeah. I'm curious what we're going to be posting on the website here shortly. Uh, not on the website. <laughs> oh, he's on Twitter. He's got to tell everybody that we're on the air. I forgot. <laughs> Somebody's got to. We never, we never do that before. It's like, oh, crap. I forgot. We're mm-hmm. on the air. We are on hey, the air. Hey, FYI, guys, on Twitter, mm-hmm. in the Twitter world, we have a great show today. Matter of fact, we've got... Columbia Central girls basketball coach Joshua Bug joining us in the second segment of this hour. Of course, we have the rundown coming up in the third segment, and that that may take the whole segment. We had 16 <laughs> games last night. And we got results from all of them. Got results from all of them, as a matter of fact. And did, did we miss just one, or did we finally get the box score for that last one? We finally got the box we score for that last scores. one. We have box scores. You went to bed. All of those games. You um you tested out a new communication method yesterday, did you not? And it worked. 
All right. Hey. Yeah. The first time for everything. There you go. So that was pretty cool. We uh we were able to to get box scores on sm-tnsports.com from all of our games last night. Uh, I was able as the games were happening and, and results were coming in, I was able to update the schedule on the website. So, you know, as soon as girls games were ending, I was updating those scores. So, if you are looking for scores the night of ball games, you can typically find them on sm-tnsports.com at the top of our page. There's a schedule tab. You check that and you'll get scores from the week there as as we get them. I mean, it's pretty easy for us to just edit that information now. So, making it happen, man. Life is a dance. And we're learning. <laughs> You're as learning we as go. you go. Amen. Yeah, we're figuring some things out. Working smarter, not harder. Well, we're definitely working harder, well, but <laughs> okay, working smarter and harder. Yes, yeah. I, I will agree that that's. I mean, it, it it makes it puts a little more effort. Puts makes us put a little more effort into it, but you guys are getting the best and most accurate and most instantaneous information we can give you outside of the Twitter. And you can follow us on Twitter and you can get all that information, but you might have to wade through some things to get it. Whereas on our schedule tab on sm-tnsports.com, you can get all of the information. One place, one right page, there. one stop shop, and boom, one stop scoop. There it is. <laughs> and additionally on the website we have three game stories from last night so that's pretty awesome and of course uh, we told you about Carter Sidlowski and Justin Buckman on this show uh, and their commitment to play prep school ball at uh, Tennessee Valley Prep Mm-hmm. But now there is a full story on the website. You can check that out and see what their thoughts are regarding becoming their, Valley Boys. Their reclassification to 2022. Yeah, and you know this Pretty is fascinating. Well, really. yeah, and it's something that we're seeing a lot of this year because of the scholarship limitations that we've talked with Chip Walters about twice now about how you know. With the the added year of eligibility for just about anybody who wants to come back, I mean, it's been an odd stretch for high school football athletes because if you remember going back to last summer, you saw kids reclassifying and coming out because they weren't sure if high school athletics were going to take place, and so they decided to just go ahead and get on a college campus somewhere. I remember. Specifically, one kid that went to North Carolina, obviously not locally, but um, highly recruited kid, decided to go ahead and reclassify to 2020 and go ahead and go. And I don't know, there's a lot involved with that reclassification that I don't understand because I don't know how you could come out a year earlier than you had originally planned and still fulfill all your academic requirements to to get done what needs doing, but it was it was taking place. I but. think I think AP classes and dual enrollment possibilities, you know, Maybe. if you're – and, again, dual enrollment is not really 
difficult on the grand scheme because it's typically junior college classes, which is basically thirteenth and fourteenth grade. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and you're, you're you're taking classes. It's it's basically the same information that you're taking in high school. Mm-hmm. You're just also enrolled in the college course. So, and and in that article that we've got up on the website at sm-tnsports.com on. Carter Sidolowski and Justin Buckman. We also spoke with Adrian Allen, the football coach down at Tennessee Valley Prep. And, you know, he explained it that basically these post-grad kids are taking college classes, but they've got part-time enrollment status either at um, Calhoun Community College down there in Huntsville or um, in Carter. In Justin's case, they will um, take classes from Motlow, at Fayetteville, and as long as they take fewer than 12 hours, they'll retain part-time status, and so their eligibility, eligibility clock never starts. So so they could, you know, if they take nine hours in the fall, nine hours in the spring, they they basically arrive on some college campus with 18 hours already under their belt. So And that gets you into a position where you can play three years, graduate, and be a graduate transfer and go anywhere you want to. And for a guy like Carter Sidlowski, that could be very important because, as he mentioned in the story, he dominates competition that he – direct competition who are going to play at the Division One level. At the big-time FBS. Division One Power Five, both those guys he mentioned – Trevon Ribka from Dixon County signed with Kentucky. Gary Smith III from, from Shelbyville signed with Duke. And as he said, he dominated. So. And and he did. I mean, I, I, we watched him. I, I, We've watched I, him for a couple of years I knowing specific, he's better. I specifically watched that Dixon County game two years ago. I heard Ribka's name one time. Now, I don't know if that was Carter or if he swaps or if that sides. was, or if that was Ribka, but I only heard his name one time. Or if that was Dixon County getting away from Carter, <laughs> perhaps you, you never know. Yeah, that's a good point. I too. mean, that's there's just, there, you can stunt all the time mm-hmm. and send your defensive end to the inside and your and your tackle to the outside. So I'm just saying. Yeah. My point being that. But if you if you're if you're good enough to be signed in SEC, you ought to be making plays anyway. Unless you're playing against somebody who's also good enough to sign SEC, and it's this is, I mean, I understand he's six two. I get that he's not some six five, gonna play left tackle. But when you're good enough, you're good enough. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and and the biggest benefit that he's gonna get out of this situation. He was going to be 17 years old when he stepped on somebody's college campus if he had gone this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to get an extra year of maturity. He's going to get an extra year in the weight room. You know, and when I say maturity, I mean physical maturity, you know, kind of right. kind of get his man strength a little bit. But, um, you know, that 6'2", 285 could easily be 6'3", 300 and, um, in a year. And and that may make a difference for some folks who are looking for numbers and 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 the ability to potentially go to camps this summer. Mm-hmm. I think 
with what we know now, you're going to see some camps. They may be limited capacity, but you're definitely going to see these camps back open. Sure. Because it's outdoors, they can socially distance and that sort of thing. Whereas this past summer, we didn't know we could do that <laughs> and right. safely. Right. So, yeah, it's a, it, to me, I, I think Carter Sidlowski is, he's right when he said there are better offers out there. And there are. Yeah. yeah. Um, somebody's going to get a steal when they get him. And, you know, and when we saw the tweets about North Alabama and Western, Western Carolina, we thought, you know, hey, that might be a pretty good those fit. Those are good landing spots. And then we realized those were PWOs and not scholarships. And, and it's like, oh. So, I mean, it, it makes perfectly good sense for him. Carter Sidlowski doesn't need to be walking on anywhere. Well, neither does Carson Carey, but here we are. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> there is that. There, there is that. There, that, that's a whole nother story. Carson Carey, who plays basketball at Lipscomb, is uh, playing very well for the Bisons. For free. Well, for free to Lipscomb. For, yeah, for free to Lipscomb. Yeah. It's not for free to him. For free to Lipscomb. Yeah. Oh, man. Like I said, we do have a great show for you and uh, really excited about it. Of course, Joshua Bug coming up in the next segment, the rundown in the last segment of this hour. Um, The Heisman voting and award came down last night so really uh really excited to talk about that because as we made our our prediction yesterday and we were all right <laughs> you just let the cat out of the bag dude. but well i mean they kind of let the cat out of the bag on espn last night right well no <laughs> i mean regarding our oh. prediction oh did we not make that on air we I did thought, oh, okay yeah all right as we were heading off. But yeah. mm-hmm. uh, only one of us got number two right. I'm just saying. <laughs> 222 the, people and me. <laughs> the crystal ball only predicts winners, not second right. place finishers. <laughs> you ain't first, you last. There we go. I did predict the winner, though. <laughs> that being said, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, college football playoff potentially moving its championship game. We'll see what happens. Um, Sports Illustrated voted on the NFL's MVP. We'll tell you who their top four were and discuss that as well. And, of course, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday where we give you the weirdest news and wildest news from across the world. That is in the last segment of the day, so – Stay tuned here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back with Joshua Bug on Coach's Corner. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. 
By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, weekdays from 9 to 11 right here on WKOM 1017. You never know who's going to stop by. One of the leading voices certainly in the Southeast on college football, John Bryce with footballscoop.com. We have with us this morning Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress, New York Times best-selling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday. Mr. Jeff Perlman, the voice of the Blue Raiders, Chip Walters, joining us. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 1017 WKOM. school sports here's mo and chris welcome back in to southern middle tennessee sports today chris yow mo Patton, jp plant with you here on again a beautiful wednesday as we get ready to dive really deep into district basketball play we have some local teams who are faring very well and unusually so for several girls teams in our area we don't we don't typically see spring hill columbia uh even summit girls being really impressive in the past few years i mean spring hill is just three years are moved from one in 24 and two years ago they were five and 17 so <laughs> well then this would be better wouldn't it <laughs> I, I mean this is this is slowly becoming a a positive trend on the the high school girls basketball side and including Locally here in Columbia, Columbia Central's uh, girls have certainly made huge strides this year under the tutelage of Joshua Bug. And to talk about that, we welcome him in. Coach Bug, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Doing well, Coach. Before we go any further, I have to um, I have to do something that I've I don't think I've ever done this before. Oh, hey, I O. Kelly will appreciate that. <laughs> I saw the picture when they were when when the boys were waiting on the mm-hmm. on the referees that he had an Ohio mask on. Yeah. You could just see the left side that said I O. He also had on an Ohio State pullover. <sighs> it's okay. I mean, work, work uh, I, so I, I guess we know when they won't be playing. 
the Lady Lions. You you guys are off Monday night, I assume. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, um, again, hey, as, we won't be playing Sunday when the Titans are playing either. There, there you go. <laughs> okay, good. there you go. Get it all cleared off. Um, as as Chris was mentioning, Coach, um, your Lady Lions improved to twelve and three overall, one and one in um. District 8 AAA play with last night's 56-24 win down at Franklin County. Um, obviously, it's January 6th, but you got to be really pleased with what you guys have been able to accomplish to this point. Yeah. I mean, the mindset is, um, me and you talked about it a little while ago. I feel like we were a lot closer last year than our record indicated. Um, so, yes, we're excited where we're at, but we're, we're not um, – we're not just trying to end right here. We're trying to get better every day, uh, whether it's in practice, whether it's in these district games leading up to the district tournament. Um, you know, we're definitely not satisfied. We we, we want to be district champions, and we want to make it to that district championship game. Um, and it, it's gratifying to be where we're at right now, but, you know, we're, we're definitely not satisfied. We're still looking to get better. we got a lot of things that we can improve on. You know, Coach, when you look at the past 12 months, you guys finished four and twenty-one last year. Um, Mid-March comes and everything virtually shuts down. Y'all don't get any summer work or very little summer work. You don't go to camps or anything like that. Your your preseason routine is very hit or miss as a result of the pandemic. How do you go under those circumstances? from where you were to where you are right now? You know, it's funny because, you know, you use the word under, you really got to go to the soil. And, you know, it goes back to last season. You know, our record shows that that we won four games, but we lost two really close games to Marshall County and Columbia Academy. Um, And we lost a game by four at Lincoln County last year that we should have won. And, you know, thinking back to the last time we played Coffee County last year, we lost by 16. Uh, which is a tremendous amount of improvement if you think about the caliber of talent they have on the team. And we only lost by nine uh, at home versus Tullahoma in a game we were leading going into the fourth quarter. And they made the substate for the first time in girls' history last year. So, I mean, I, I, I honestly think that it, it started last year that the record just didn't indicate it. Mm-hmm. You know, so going into the, the pandemic and everything being shut down and uh, it being weird, you know, as a leader, what I did is I just try to focus on, you know, how can I get better? Um, and through that process, I just try to grow every day and I try to figure out how to keep our kids uh, headed in the right direction. And I think as a coaching staff, we've been able to do that. And I think this year it's paying off a lot earlier. Um, but I think it was in the soil, so to speak, already last year. We, we just didn't uh, get over that hump as often as possible. But we were close. Speaking with Columbia Central head girls basketball coach, Joshua Bug here on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe, located at 4384 Nashville Highway in Chapel Hill. They'll be open at 1030 today, in case you guys want to get out there and get a burger, read a book, whatever. Um, Coach, last night as as I was driving between <laughs> between Spring Hill and Independence to, to pick up a couple of games since Spring Hill's boys didn't play, I was listening to the broadcast from – uh, from last night and caught you at halftime with Barry Duke on 
WKRM, our sister station. And you talked about how getting better each night is really the goal. Obviously, winning is important, but as long as you guys are improving in different facets, because like last night, you you know you you get points out of certain kids, and then you don't get points out of kids you you've you've, you've become accustomed to getting points out of. Allowing the entire team to improve and find different ways to score, how important is that for you going? forward in this district play that they can't uh, defenses can't focus on just one or two players it's uh it's critical um you know and I look back at our schedule so far and we've played um a lot of games in comparison to some other teams so we've done well there and I think that you know we've had to adjust there's been some games where we've been without our top two players in terms of scoring in terms of age because we have a pretty young team overall um you know, we played against Innsworth, we played against Coffee County, we played against Good Pasture, which is a private school that was in the state tournament last year. But it is really cool to see the team developing into a point where they can't just key in on one player. And for us, you know, knowing that, you know, we have won a lot more games early on and that we have other players that have stepped up and have learned to play and score and do different things for our team, you know, it, it's really optimistic because, even looking at the film last night, I watched it all before I went to bed. We didn't really shoot the ball well. And so I just know that we can do so much better. And so that's encouraging for me to know that we can do so much better and that we're already doing pretty well. I would think that that's really encouraging. Like you said, I mean, you get you get 18 points out of Janiah Riley in last night's 56-24 road win. Down at Franklin County, you get another 10 from Riley Ham. Josie Parks, who has pretty well been your your bell cow, finishes with just four last night, and yet you still win by 32 points. Um, yeah, she didn't even play in the fourth quarter. Um, Josie, Josie is a great kid, but it's really encouraging to see those other kids step up. Um, like Jaleo O'Neal's a freshman. She had seven rebounds and seven points, and that's one thing we've been preaching to her. You want to score, you go get rebounds because, <laughs> you know, rebounds come attached with a gift. It's called points. And uh, Savaya Morgan done really good last night. Another freshman, she had six. Um, we had several other kids score four or five points. We had eight kids score total. Pretty, pretty, pretty fun to see. Yeah, that that depth in scoring because you know there have been times when we've seen three or four kids handle pretty much all of the scoring for Central, and so you know, kind of rounding out that attack, I would expect to be something that. That is pretty pleasing from a coach's viewpoint. Yeah, and the cool thing is that it's still evolving. You know, we know who our main kids are scoring-wise, but it's really cool to see, like, those uh, supplementary players, um, especially those young kids step in and do some things. Like, we had a freshman, Anaya Mulholland, last night. She didn't score a point, but she had seven rebounds, and she's about five foot two. Um, so they're just doing so many things well as a team um, that it's exciting to see. I would think that the style of play for you guys is a um, a positive as far as your players go from the standpoint that I think you've referred to it as kind of positionless basketball. I mean, everybody kind of gets to handle the ball. Everybody goes to the boards. Everybody can initiate the break. Um, and, and everybody gets an opportunity to finish at the rim. I mean, it's 
kind of an equal opportunity offense to a large degree. Yeah, and defensively, you know, is is a key for us as well. Our defense gets us into our offense. We move players all over the place, you know. So Janice Bailey, who's our only senior, she plays, you know, kind of a post, kind of a tough role for us. But, you know, defensively sometimes we, we put her up top. And so we're just all over the place. And I think that that is a key for us. We're not tiny, but we're not very big. But we are really quick and we're strong. And we've got some kids that can go to the rim. And I think key for us down the stretch is just being able to get better at zone offense because I think forcing turnovers and I think scoring at a higher rate for us is something that we do better now. But in late games, are we going to be able to get buckets versus zones? Um, That'll be something interesting to watch down the stretch for us. Again, Joshua Bug, Columbia Central Girls, head basketball coach, brought to you by From the Heart Cafe in Chapel Hill. Coach, when you started this season, when we talked to you uh, before the year and we were getting ready to put out our magazine, you know, you talked about how some of the coaches or in the coaches' poll before the season, you guys were picked to be middle of the pack. After a leading at halftime against Coffee County and obviously falling short overall, but – you have to feel like you guys can play with anybody in this district. Well, when we went to Ensworth and we played, you know, the final result wasn't what we wanted to be, but a lot of people weren't even playing. We saw so many things within that game that allowed us to realize that we can play with anybody, and it allowed us to knock that nerve off. And our players have just matured, and our leaders on the floor, uh, Janiah Riley, you know, Janice Bailey, Josie Park. Um, Karma Hunt is actually one of our team captains and one of our leaders. She's been out. Um, we're looking to get her back in the next two to three weeks. Um, but they just kind of understand what they're supposed to do, and they're able to go do it as opposed to knowing what they need to do and kind of being nervous on the floor and making a few extra mistakes. Uh, but, but exactly what you said, I feel like we can play with anybody in our district. I don't feel like there's a team in our district that can guard us man-to-man the whole game. Um, I don't think there's very many teams around that can guard us man-to-man the whole game. And so we do have a different confidence. And it's not a cocky confidence because we're coming from a humble place, uh, last place in the district the last three years. And so we, we know where we want to go, but we also know where we've come from. Coach Bug, we, we talked about the pandemic and, and the onset of it and, and how that may have affected this team's development and you, you kind of mentioned that one of the things you did was you kind of worked on yourself a little bit. Um, the result of that self-reflection, I guess, Monday Mindset. Joshua Bug is a published author, guys. Um, had you ever considered writing a book prior to last March? And just how did that come about? Yeah, so, um, honestly, God is just, he's just amazing. And uh, you can't always see his hand in your life until you go through difficult moments and difficult seasons. But in those seasons, he's also preparing you for uh, lifting you back up and giving you uh, the desires of your heart. But um, whenever I left uh, Rutherford County, 
uh, as an assistant coach for Riverdale. Uh, I left because I was trying to pursue a teaching career as well as coaching. Uh, and I ended up in independence for a few years and as an assistant and kind of got my start as a teacher and a coach. And fast forward to now, I've been here for four years. Um, but when I first got to Columbia Central, I started my master's degree in theology. Uh, so I got a master's in theology, and I kind of felt like that I, I have the ability to uh, project a positive message. I feel like I'm a motivator, and it's something that I've known that was in there. And I felt like uh, once March hit, I felt like God was just speaking to me, and I took 40 days, and I just did devotions every day. And at the end of that, I just started writing. And uh, as of 12, 10, uh, 2020, uh, you're right. I am a published author. I published a book called The Monday Mindset. It's a, I call it like a camouflage devotion. Um, it's a 52 week journey and it's very simple to read. And I feel like anyone could read it, no matter male, female, no matter your age, um, just to keep you in a positive mindset. And I think it's exactly what our world needs right now. You know, a lot of people on Monday morning, they get through their weekend and they're just exhausted. And so the idea behind that is to, uh, kind of flip that mentality um, and get people excited at the beginning of the week, get them excited about the work that's ahead of them. And for me, my work is, you know, being here uh, with the Lady Lions and the Lions Den, you know, putting in work where nobody sees us. And uh, these kids work really hard. And I think we've built a, a culture here that um, allows us to focus on what can we do to uh, set an example for the next generation. And our, our players are motivated to train and compete at a high level. And uh, I think that starts with the mindset of not only me, but of our assistant coaches. Cardin Virgo is an amazing uh, teacher, mother, friend, leader. And then we've got Megan Kilburn uh, from Summertown, uh, who's a teacher at Withorn Middle School. She's also our head volleyball coach. She does so much for our school and so much for our kids. And then we've got Jamarcus McKnight, who's a sister who, ironically, I coached her a little bit in flight uh, as an assistant back in the day with uh, – uh, some of those kids, like the Gilbert sisters and stuff, uh, her brother Jamarcus McKnight is also helping us on our coaching staff. And he just he just does so much for us. You know, he got off of work, and uh, he had the kids warming up in the ox gym at Franklin County last night. And uh, It's just really cool to see uh, not only my own personal growth and how I've gotten better and things that I used to do, but just seeing the team of people that God has placed around me uh, and seeing these kids that are being great leaders on the floor for us and seeing the young kids that are looking up to them. And uh, if you if you dig a little deeper, you see the fifth and sixth graders that are in the community that are excited about coming to Columbia Central to play girls basketball. And that's where it starts. It starts at the beginning, and clearly there is a change in mindset in Columbia as far as girls basketball is concerned, and that is a – a major credit to you and your staff, Coach. Congratulations for all the success that you've had this year. We will be looking for more uh, as the year continues. And we, we appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. All right, that's Columbia Central girls basketball coach Joshua Bug on Coach's Corner, brought to you each Wednesday by From the Heart Cafe, located at 4384 Nashville Highway in Chapel Hill. They open at 1030 each weekday. Go by and check them out. Some of the best burgers around, no doubt. No doubt. And 
that will do it for this segment. When we come back, we will give you some updates on a couple of games we saw last night, a couple of uh, big wins for some local schools, and we'll give you the rundown, of course, and all the scores from action last night in and around Southern Middle Tennessee. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Mo Patton, JP Plant with you here. 14 minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour, and we talk now about some high school hoops from last night, specifically. Had some Really good games throughout the area, and one of them was a Murray County matchup over in Mount Pleasant as Santa Fe and the Mount Pleasant Tigers took to the hardwood. Mo, you were there. What happened? I was there, and um, before we get into the guys' game, we need to talk just a second about the lid lifter in that matchup. Um, Mount Pleasant girls came into that game three and eight overall, um, but they had lost twenty straight games in District Ten A play. They had not beaten Santa Fe in four years, and early on, it looked like. Both of those strings were going to continue. They got down, I think, 12-7 early on. We're having a tough time scoring the ball. Defense sparked an 11-1 run to end the first quarter. They go up 18-13, and they've got some confidence going as well. Weathered some foul trouble. Two of their key players fouled out eventually, but they pull out of there with a 59-52 victory to get to 1-0 in district play for the first time in – anybody's memory out recent there. Memory, yeah, yeah, recent memory. But um, Bailey Gray, before she filed out, finished with 22 points. Um, the freshman Addison Workman had another 15, and they needed them because they went about four and a half minutes without a field goal late in the fourth quarter, and Santa Fe just wasn't able to take advantage. Santa Fe coming in there 0-4. 
they have been as impacted by the pandemic as anybody. They've really had a lot of start stops and starts. Um, Emmy Bates played last night. She scored 13 points, hit four threes, but that was the first time she had played in a pretty good while. Um, Jonathan Slaughter felt like her legs were were on fumes coming down the stretch. Aniston Slaughter finished with 16 in that loss for Santa Fe, but um, yeah, good win for Mount Pleasant. Um, again, just kind of needed that boost of confidence, I think, and and for them to win a game with Kylie Bradley only scoring seven points is a pretty big accomplishment for them, I think. So, um, congrats to the Lady Tigers. Um, on the boys' side, things didn't go so well for the home team, and giving up 14 threes will typically do that. <laughs> Man, talk about hot hand, sharp shooting. Uh, the Santa Fe kind of, I don't necessarily think they live and die by the three, but they certainly live by it quite often. Well, and and I think, um, you know, Brett Slaughter said after the game, we had not seen zone all year. And Mount Pleasant comes out in a 1-3-1. And That's not what you want to do against Santa Fe. Well, you know, the next basketball game I coach will be my first, but – I think I'd want. Yeah, well, to. I'm a Peewee League championship coach, so okay, well, yeah. There, there you go. I, I mean, hey, I don't really know what you want from me, but well, uh, <laughs> through your Letterman on Twitter, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> football coach. Um, the the one three one is a little susceptible to corner threes, and yeah, Santa Fe kind of made their living on them. I th- I think I specifically remember four, two from. Josh Martin and two from Landon Evans, and um, and it just kind of opened it up. They got some really good ball movement against the zone. They knocked down oh, 14 threes. You know, Andy Slaughter finished with 26 points and had five of those. And, you know, again, when you give up, you know, 42 points on 14 shots, that, that makes it kind of tough. So Listen, if Santa Fe scores 70 – and Andy doesn't have half, you're probably not going to beat Santa Fe. Mm. I'm, I mean, that's just the facts. Yeah. Because if they're getting production from, from other, other places. players, mm-hmm. you can forget it. Yeah. Because when they're getting production from those other players, they are very tough to beat. Sometimes, you know, Andy has to take over the game against Joe Burns. He, I mean, he brought him back from <laughs> down 15 and almost won the ball game. Yeah. Um, in the fourth quarter alone. So, like I said, if if they're scoring 70 and Andy doesn't have half, you're probably not going to beat Santa Fe. Well, here's what's crazy. He scored 26 last night and his average went down. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, it's, uh, yeah, yeah that, that kid, can he can play. He can uh, go. Um, I actually talked to Coach Ty Bailey last night about him, and it, we just talking about how, especially in this particular type of atmosphere, Sometimes Andy doesn't know when he's got to take the game over. Mm-hmm. And we have to, you know, because he's such a good kid and he wants the rest of his teammates to be involved. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty cool to see his teammates, Weston McClanahan, Josh Martin, uh, get in get in that into uh into the scoring column because when they are on Santa Fe's really good. Yeah. Demarcus Brown was 17 points. He hit three threes in the third quarter. Um, 
after Mount Pleasant goes down 39-19 at the half. Tried to bring them back, but um, it just wasn't happening. You know, Santa Fe held them off. That's uh, kind of been Santa Fe's Achilles' heel this year is the third quarter. They've not – even last night, they had yeah. to get outscored 17-10. Yeah, but um, they they regrouped. Yeah, yep. 70 to 47 that final there. So I went to Spring Hill last night and speaking of getting production from other places um Sierra Stedman, Prairie Stedman, Cole Alderson pretty much the the catalysts over for the Lady Raiders and they do such a great job. Um they are now 6 and 3 in, on the year 2 and 0 oh in 11 AAA, which is Pretty impressive. Um, and somewhat unexpected. Uh, somewhat, yes. But Matt Horton told us before the year he expected this team to be better than the past. They're much better at this point. Yeah. Uh, didn't quite see it coming. So uh, if Sheridan Foster doesn't put in 17 points in the second quarter for Centennial, it would have been a boat race. She's But she's incredible. She can go. I saw her against Columbia Central do something very similar. She's... <laughs> it's a shame she's not on a better team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Sierra Stedman had 19. Cole Alderson had 18. And Sierra had 11 in the first quarter. Um, uh, she and Prairie – I'm sorry, she had 11 in the first half. She and Prairie combined for 15 in the first quarter as Spring Hill jumped out to a 23-3 to lead before – Foster hit a couple threes to make it 25-9 at the end of the first quarter. So, yeah, it, it was a really good ball game last night. It, obviously, Spring Hill was able to pull away um, and, and and finish that one off 68-56 at home. Their boys' team is in quarantine right now, so the boys did not play, which means we don't think that they're going to play either boys or girls on Thursday at Mount Pleasant. We know the boys are not going to play at Mount Pleasant. We are not clear on whether that Spring Hill-Mount Pleasant girls game will be played. Stay tuned. We'll see what we can find out. Um, also, last night, going back to 10A for just a second, Hampshire's girls defeated Kalioka 52-42. Kalioka's boys defeated Hampshire 63-28. Um Tavon Bagsby with 15 points. Landon Andrews with 10 for the Warriors in that win. Um, Tyler Reichman with 20 points for Kalioka's girls in the loss. Kayla Stevens finished with a team-high 13 points in the Lady Hawks victory. There you go. All right, so for the rest of these scores, let's give you the rundown. This is The Rundown. In girls' action last night, as we mentioned, Spring Hill defeated Centennial 68-56. Also, Columbia Central defeated Franklin County 56-24. It was Lawrence County 52, Lincoln County 42 in the Battle of LCs. Tullahoma defeated Cascade 77-40. And as we mentioned, Hampshire 53, I'm sorry, Hampshire 52, Kalioka 42. And also in girls' action, Dixon County traveled to Independence, got a 50-22 win over the Lady Eagles. Franklin Road Academy, 50. Columbia Academy, 43. Richland went to Huntland and got a 73-48 win. Mount Pleasant, as we told you, 59. Santa Fe, 52. And the Summit Girls got a 58-41 win over Franklin. In boys' action, Zion Christian surprised visiting Battleground Academy 
64-60 in Division 2A District 3 play. Franklin County late win over Columbia Central 65-62. It was Lincoln County 41, Lawrence County 35. Tullahoma 60, Cascade 47, and again, as we mentioned, Kalioka boys defeated Hampshire 63-28. Independence got a big win over Dixon County in 11 AAA play. They get a 60-48 decision there at home. Columbia Academy over Franklin Road Academy 56-53. Richland defeated Huntland 67-47. Santa Fe 70, Mount Pleasant 47. And Franklin 75, Summit 31 Centennial and Spring Hills boys did not play due to COVID. Second straight 20-point win for, for Richland after beating Fayetteville 64-44 on Monday night. In wrestling action, Fairview goes to Summit and gets a 40-34 victory. So um, congratulations to the Yellow Jackets there. Big win. And Spring Hill was supposed to travel to Centennial for a four-way match along with Seagull and Rockvale. The Raiders are sidelined by COVID for about the next week. So the wrestling team and the boys basketball team are both out of action for Spring Hill. And as it is Wednesday, there are no games scheduled for tonight. So we will be back with you tomorrow with Thursday night schedule on the rundown. This is your Wednesday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. All right. So we have plenty to talk about in the second hour, including the Heisman Trophy presentation last night. Will the college football playoffs move the championship game? We'll talk about that and whether they should or not. Also, Sports Illustrated, as we told you earlier, voted on their most valuable player in the National Football League. We'll tell you where Derrick Henry finished in that voting. And, of course, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, where we give you the wildest and weirdest news from across the world. But we'll start right here in Murray County. The weirdest news in the world starts here in Murray County. So, yes, we I have can see that we have all of that to talk about and more. And if you guys want to get in on the conversation, you can do that. Give us a call. 931-381-1017. 931-381-1017. You can call us or you can shoot us a text. If you text us, make sure to give us your name and location. We'll be happy to take your calls and your texts right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, weekdays from 9 to 11 right here on WKOM 1017. You never know who's going to stop by. One of the leading voices certainly in the Southeast on college football, John Bryce with FootballScoop.com. We have with us this morning, Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. New York Times bestselling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday. Mr. Jeff Perlman. The voice of the Blue 
Blue Raiders, Chip Walters joining us. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome Teresa Walker. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 1017 WKOM. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint five minutes past the 10 o'clock hour here coming to you live from the tri-star sports radio network headquarters on west 7th in columbia tennessee as we Countdown to the college football playoff championship game, but we don't know exactly how long we're supposed to count. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess at this point, we're at Wednesday. You got to make a decision like today, right? Well, I mean, the teams have to know. Right. Yeah. I mean, because it completely changes your – your preparation aspect. Yeah. I mean, you, you're not going in, you know, you may go in, in shells today instead of shorts or whatever. I don't know. But what's, they got to make a decision today. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be done today. Am I wrong? I don't think you are. Yeah. Not to mention the logistics of travel. Right. Well, I, I don't even know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, typically, they probably are already on site in their own bubble, I would imagine. Uh, typically, for national championships, they go, oh, you know, close to a week. Yeah, they may already be there. They may already be there. So. And then if they are, then that's a whole other week of staying in a hotel. So, I don't know. They may not. I don't know. I don't. I, I, I mean, have they had any uh, press conferences? I've not seen any press conferences. So, Actually, I don't believe they are on site yet. And the reason I say that is because I saw a tweet yesterday that said that Heisman trophies had been sent to the Alabama, Florida, and Clemson campuses for the winner to hoist upon his announcement. Gotcha. So... I, I wonder just, if they're all real. I assume that 
the other two will have to be sent back. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get ours. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, does it, did they have four? Or did they just like send one to Alabama? I would assume no they name on it. I would, Alabama. I would yeah. assume they sent one to Alabama. That's wild. And and they were told don't get too close. You know, <laughs> that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I just I feel like if you're going to to play this game, you got. <coughs> sorry, um, if you're going to play this game, you got to know today what you know what you're doing as far as preparation goes but on top of that i mean how they're they're saying there's potential COVID issues among ohio state players if that's the case did they get it in new orleans (laughs) times time says so potentially there's a New Orleans joke there that yeah. I'm just going to leave alone. There's a lot of things you can catch in New Orleans. Exactly. That's where he has <laughs> COVID-19 being among the, the better. <laughs> Potentially. Um, <laughs> I'm just the, saying. The, the least dangerous? <laughs> yeah. Depends on your perspective, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, I, that that would make sense, but were they not in bubbles down there? I would imagine. You would have thought. One would think. Mm -hmm. So who went to the French Quarter? (laughs) Urban Street. Or is it all a ruse? To get more time? To get more time to heal Justin Fields' ribs. Oh. Hey. Oh, my. That's what a lot of people are saying, at least Alabama fans. I saw one tweet that said – Ohio State got their COVID nineteen results back, and it was a picture of broken ribs. <laughs> I I can see that being an issue, and again, like we talked about yesterday, I'm okay with it if that's what we're doing. I don't I don't want any excuses from anybody. I want Jalen Waddle in crimson, and I want Justin Fields in scarlet and gray. Yeah, you want the best out there as a fan. As a as an opponent, as a player, yep. right? Yeah, you do. You you want to play against the best they've got, just because you don't want to hear about. Well, if we had had X, it would have been different. Colt McCoy all over again. <laughs> wouldn't 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 our fault? We knocked him out. You know, us being Alabama. I'm, that's that's a quote. I'm I'm not an Alabama fan. I mean. You guys, you guys know as well as I do that national championship games are always going to have the if factor, and it is what it is. But I mean, what does this ma- what does this mean if they play the game and Justin Fields isn't a hundred percent? Does it taint it if you're Alabama, the number one seed? Against the number four seed. It's not like, here's the thing. It's not like Alabama's not played Ohio State's third string quarterback before and got beat. <laughs> that has happened. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott ain't walking uh-huh. through that door, but. Nope. Uh, Sermon. I, Trey Sermon's pretty darn good. I tell you, what he's done the last two games out, better than anything Ezekiel ever did. 
I mean, I'm just saying. And and this Alabama defense may not be as good as that one. Not anywhere close. Oh, no. So. Yeah. Not anywhere close. That's, that's the thing. So, I mean, what what are you hoping for if you are Nick Saban? Because you know Nick Saban is as – he's like Engel Martin, right? In April, he has every single day mapped out for the next 364, right? <laughs> I mean – At least. So – this has to annoy him. Kind of like that. My, that ear, those earphones not working. This is the greatest <laughs> picture of all time, by the way. I, I can't hear you. <laughs> it's like just yell real loud. There's not anybody even in here, yeah. right? There's, yeah. there's nobody in just the building. A, just take them off, Nick. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, just, I I can't hear you. He's he's, he's funny. I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that. It, it's annoying him. I can tell you that Nick Saban is not happy right now because he doesn't know if he's going to Miami tomorrow. He doesn't know if they're staying at the house. Well, I mean, this is a guy who was annoyed at a national championship game getting in the way of recruiting. <laughs> so, you know, it don't take much to send him over the edge. <laughs> So, uh, can you imagine having to push it back a week and be out out of the dead period? Mm. And you've got Steve Sarkeesian who's trying to leave and all this, that, and the other. Y'all. <laughs> anyway, you can hear the game whenever it's played on uh, WKOM 101.7 FM right here. Right here on these very same airwaves. These very same airwaves. And uh, we're trying to... To put together something for you guys special on uh, whatever day that is. Ideally so, Monday. Ideally Monday the 11th. Uh, so stay tuned to to this show and TriStar Sports Live TSL at five o'clock. That's a that, that that's a, a a weekday show as well. Every weekday five to six, you can listen to JP and Wes Duncan and whoever JP gets to drop in. Because who knows? That's the beauty of that day. You never know who's going to stop by. Kind of like I've said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know who's going to stop by. There you go. Oh, where have I heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you, hopefully we can we can give you some information on some special things that, that we're working on here at uh, TriStar Sports Radio and Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today for sure. Um, one thing that probably annoyed Nick Saban was – Having one Heisman Trophy between two Heisman Trophy finalists last night, and uh, I'm sure I, I'm curious as to how that was going down. Like, were they in? Because I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the the ceremony. I'm, were they in like the facility, the football facility? Is that where they were? I would assume so. I, I don't know that to be the case. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. I, I wonder I if they guess. had like the the, the players like like in the classroom setting behind them or whatever, and then... Don't they have a waterfall down there? They've got... What don't they have? Maybe they were by the waterfall. I'm just curious if it was just like <laughs> Nick and like Mac and Devontae just in a room. That's... Uh, or if uh, there no, were other people. I'm thinking there were other people. One would Socially think. distanced. I would what, think the family members, right? One would think. I'd... 
Anyway. I don't know about. I don't know if there were family members there or not. May not have been. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, Devontae Smith hoisted the Heisman Trophy as the third Heisman Trophy winner under Nick Saban, which is tied for second best all time, by the way. Um, in the last fifteen years, a quarterback has won the award all but three times. Hmm. All three of those players played for Nick Saban. Mark Henry, or Mark 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 Henry, the Mark, not Mark the wrestler, did not win, not the wrestlers. <laughs> Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, they're basically the same guy, and now Devontae Smith. So, I mean, I I was a Devontae guy from week four. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here going, this cat is the is the Heisman Trophy winner, and it's not close at this point. May have been one of his best plays just to lift that thing. It probably weighs more than he does. He's tiny. At least as much. Yeah. 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 Dude can go, though. He can get it. <laughs> he can go. And, you know, I'm curious. Second place with 222 first-place votes was Trevor Lawrence, which if you're going by the definition of what the Heisman Trophy means, that's ridiculous to say that Trevor Lawrence was the best football player in the country this year. Um, But, you know, I'm seeing some chatter, even from Alabama fans, who are saying, you know, the Heisman really should be, should consider career achievement accolades because there are plenty of Player of the Year awards out there. And I understand that the Heisman is supposed to be for that particular year, but there's sometimes that, you know, consistency matters. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, one of the best quarterbacks to play the game in college. Okay? Just so happens that... His record says so. Yeah, just so happens that, the, you know, all three years, there's been one player that's just kind of stood out above everybody else. And, that, and and that's a shame for Trevor. I get that. I I'm mean, just I, I, I just don't. I don't think it is a. I don't think it's a lifetime achievement award. I mean, establish a career award if if that's if you want to recognize somebody for being the best player over their career, then then do that. But don't make the Heisman that. Consistency leads to a NFL draft pick. I think he'll be okay, and and that he'll be okay should be his reward. Yeah, and if, that'll be a nice reward if if going to Jacksonville is yeah. considered to be a reward. Could be worse. Could be New York or New Jersey. So, hey, I'm just saying, there are some folks clamoring for it to be a for if there's not a just head and shoulders above the rest. I'm don't, not saying don't this they year do isn't. that already. I, I mean, think sometimes don't you think they that do. happens? I think it does happen. Yeah, I, I I think because you can't police people's vote, right? Yeah. And what what constitutes a Heisman vote, a Heisman winner, in your eyes and in my eyes and in JP's eyes may not be the same thing. And sure. so, you know, just like an MVP, <laughs> it it's not they aren't all. I mean, there's there are parameters laid out there, but then there's 
you know, there's there's human involvement and that kind of thing, and everybody looks at it a little bit differently. But I, I just I don't like the idea of Heisman as lifetime achievement. Uh, well, I, think, I, I think it's supposed to be the best player within the parameters laid out for that particular year. I don't disagree. 222 people gave Trevor Lawrence a lifetime achievement award, though. <laughs> I mean – if you feel like he was the best player in the country this year, then that's fine. But if it's for what he's done the entire time he's been at Clemson, I, I feel like that's a little flawed. I don't even know if it's fine to say he was the best player in college football. Well, I mean, you're wrong. If that's the basis for your – I mean, I, I'm not going to – you've got the vote. You know, you can cast it however you want to. You can be wrong, but it's your vote. But I, I would feel better if they were telling me that they felt like he was the best player in the country this football season than I would for them saying it's for what he's accomplished over his career at Clemson. Well, it certainly wasn't because Devontae Smith wasn't head and shoulders above everybody because guess what? He, he won. was. He won first <laughs> place in every single region. Wow. Even far west. That's impressive. That's impressive. That doesn't, I don't, that doesn't, doesn't happen, happen very often. often. Doesn't happen. And for it to happen for a receiver. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a key. That's, wow, that's incredible. Has the Bolitnikov already been presented? Yes. Okay. So they, that, that, would, that would have been a lot of pressure. He's going to have to build a brand new trophy case. He got AP Player of the Year, Heisman Trophy, uh, Bolitnikov, and one other award, some other uh, wide receiver award. Also another national player. And, yeah, and I think he was, like, some other publication, National yeah. Player of the Year. So, I mean, hey, congratulations to that kid is all I'm saying because he was the best football player in the country this year, and there's no question about it. Uh, was Derek Henry the best football player in the National Football League? We'll tell you what Sports Illustrated thinks on the other side of a break here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military... Our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris 
Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Time to talk about the National Football League's most valuable player, as reported by Sports Illustrated voters, anyway. Told you that, obviously, your boy, Derrick Henry, was uh, went over the 2,000-yard mark. We all know that. Broke the Tennessee Titans organization record for most rushing yards in a season with close to well, 2,050-ish. I don't know exactly what the number was. Um, Henry? Yeah. 2027, I think, was his number. Okay. Yeah. So... That bested CJ2K's mark, um, though CJ2K did have 2509 total yards from scrimmage, yeah. which broke Marshall Falk's single-season record. And he was named the NFL's Offensive Player of the Year in 2009, CJ2K. I don't think that Derrick Henry will have such luck. Doesn't seem so. Unfortunately, because it's a quarterback-driven league. It, even what it, in 2009 it was as well. But, you know, I think the success of Ryan Tannehill is also taking away from what some people are thinking about Derrick Henry, you know, which is wild to me, but whatever. Sports Illustrated says... Derrick Henry is the fourth best player in the National Football League. Or fourth most valuable, however fourth you Fourth most it. valuable, however, yeah. However you define it. Is it that. most outstanding or most valuable? Most valuable. There's MVP. a big difference. But what, are, but, but what are they saying? What does what Sports Illustrated say? Is it the most outstanding or is it the most valuable? Because there are some players who are more valuable than any of these four. <laughs> <laughs> You guys tell me. I mean, uh, you you gave me the the list earlier. Aaron mm. Rodgers is SI's MVP, correct? I can see that. Like, I'm not mad about it. Aaron Rodgers is very good. Deserved. Now, number two, Patrick Mahomes. So... I'm just wondering how many votes Jake from State Farm got. Did he have to split <laughs> for those his votes? Two, for the, I'm just asking how many he got because he must have had more than one. <laughs> okay, so I've got this article pulled up. It's their uh, Monday morning quarterback eight-member panel oh. of Greg Bishop, Albert Breer, Andrew Brandt, Gary Gramling, Mitch Goldich, Connor Orr, Michael Rosenberg, Rosenberg, excuse me, and Jenny Vrentis. All right, so stop there. One, you can tell that I didn't pay attention to the NFL. And two, you can tell that I've never – I haven't read Sports Illustrated since 2008 because I don't know who any of those people are. Yeah, well, <laughs> Andrew Brandt is a former NFL general manager. I follow him on Twitter. Um, but at any rate, I say that to say this. The MVP is um, – 
based on top five voting from amongst those folks. Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry are the only two to receive a first place vote Hmm. from among the eight. Rodgers got seven first place votes. Derrick Henry got the other one. From whom? That doesn't go into that. Oh, man. But (laughs) Patrick Mahomes did not receive a first place vote. Josh Allen did not receive a first place vote. But Rodgers, seven first place, one second place. Mahomes, seven second place, one third. Allen, seven thirds, one fourth. Derrick Henry, one first place vote. Two fourth place votes. Four fifth place votes. So, and apparently one person didn't have him in their top five because that's only seven. So, only one of your eight voters thought he was the first. He was the MVP. Six, the other seven didn't think he was better than fourth. That's insane. That's insane. And these are. Experts. Quote, air quotes. Air quotes. Josh Allen, who threw for 263 yards and two picks against the Tennessee Titans, the worst pass defense in the league, number three on that list. By the way, I had um, posed a question out loud in the break, you did. and I've done some research, and I have the answer. I'm glad you can do it that fast. I couldn't find um, it. My question was, how many of the eight 2,000-yard rushers won the MVP, and if they didn't, who won it those years? First was 1973, O.J. Simpson, 2,000-yard rusher. MVP. MVP. That was done in 14 games, by the way. Um, The next was... (laughs) That dude was ridiculous. 1984, it was Eric Dickerson, 2,000-yard rusher. MVP. Nope. Dan Marino. Yeah, I knew Mm, Marino was 84 MVP. Marino. All right, so there's one. 1997, Barry Sanders rushed for 2,000 yards. He shared the MVP with Brett Favre. I would have thought Favre. So one and a half. Yep. Okay. The very next year, 1998, Terrell Davis with the Broncos, 2,000-yard rusher. He was MVP. MVP. Because they won the Super Bowl that year. That's correct. So three of the first four that I just mentioned, 2,000-yard rushers, were either MVP or shared. Or co. Yep. uh, 2009, Chris Johnson with the Titans, obviously not MVP. Uh, Peyton Manning that year. One of his, what, three? I think he won. Um, 2012, Adrian Peterson. MVP. Was he? Yeah. And that was with the Vikings his, yep. almost his last year with them. So, and then, of course, this year, Derrick Henry, we, we assume, well, we know it's not going to be him based so on. So, of the seven previous, what you got, five? that One, one two, three, four, yeah. five, six. Of the six previous, not including this year because we don't know yet for sure, but of the six previous, all but two won the MVP or shared the MVP. I thought he was the eighth. Is he just the seventh? Two thousand. He is the eighth. One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, what, have I, what have I missed out on? OJ did it twice, didn't he? No, I don't think so. I don't think anybody's done it twice. I don't know. Uh, oh, Jamal Lewis, two thousand three. I completely skipped over Jamal Lewis. How you gonna skip over? Uh, because he's a Vandy fan. fan. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> by the way, 2003, um, Jamal Lewis, he did not win the MVP. That was because Peyton Manning. JP didn't vote for. That was yeah. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning and Steve McNair. Oh. Yeah, v- that was the ball on ball crime, huh? Well, ball on ball crime. So, so twice Peyton Manning took away MVP from a uh, two thousand yard rusher. rusher. <laughs> That's right. That's wild. I, you know, I I can completely understand it. Honestly, I can. But the Tennessee Titans don't win eleven games without their entire offense being based around Derrick Henry. I, I just think that you have to um, – you've got to define most valuable player. I, I, I think you've really got to refine your definition of most valuable player. Uh, and Again, valuable and outstanding are two completely different absolutely. terms. And, and the value that Derrick Henry has brought to this team – with with his, I mean, you just look down the stretch. I think he had sixteen hundred rushing yards from week six on. Okay, but let let's really think about this. December of twenty eighteen was when Derrick Henry came on the scene. Mm-hmm. We talked the entire two thousand nineteen off season about if the Titans can get December Derrick Henry, they're going to be great. Well, they weren't great the first five weeks of 2019. Guess when they were great? When Ryan Tannehill showed up. So who's the most valuable player on the Titans team? If you ask me, it might be Ryan Tannehill. If you ask me, it might be A.J. Brown. Mm, Maybe. I certainly think that A.J. Brown allowed Corey Davis to be the complimentary receiver that he is in the National Football League. And, but that being said, Marcus Mariota had A.J. Brown too for five games. And guess what? We didn't know who the heck A.J. Brown was until Ryan Tannehill showed up. I'm just saying the Tennessee Titans have not been very good until number 17 was under center. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Tannehill's the MVP of the league. I'm saying that he's the most valuable offensive player on the Tennessee Titans team. And let me tell you why. We talk about how much the play action, how good he is in play action, right? He has a higher quarterback rating on non-play action plays than he does on play action and has the highest quarterback rating of anybody in the league in under pressure, in pressure situations. It's debatable. I get it. (laughs) But I don't know that I'm just saying the two are perfect for one another. They really are. That's what matters. They they really are. That's why neither of them will ever win MVP (laughs) because they're perfect (laughs) for each other. And that's why Arthur Smith will never have as much success as a head coach anywhere his butt, as he is as offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans. If he wants to save his career or keep his career on the trajectory it's on, he needs to stay he right better where he's wait, at. He better wait until Tannehill or Henry are gone. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not going with him. 
Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And, I mean, we had this discussion, and, and you, know, you said that a running back doesn't have to be Derrick Henry to be successful. Just has you to know, be like him. But a guy who can carry it 30, 40 times a game and get you 110 yards. I'm just not sure that like him on a consistent basis really exists. And that speed and that power. It's, it's, Here's what I think. It's crazy to I watch. think that if the if the Dallas Cowboys ran uh Elliot. Ran Ezekiel Elliott like the Titans run Derrick Henry, they'd be a lot better than six and ten. So I think there are guys out there. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there's a I don't think there's an offensive coordinator willing to do it. And I'm not sure that the running backs are willing to do it. Mm. You know, Derrick Henry because of this type of situation being fourth in MVP voting and not even on somebody's ballot at Sports Illustrated, he has a chip on his shoulder and he runs behind it. <laughs> does that make sense? It does. I mean, he runs behind that chip and he will knock you over and doesn't care. I really feel like he's out to prove something every single time he touches the football. And I think he's proven it. More often than not. AFC player of the week again this week. How many? Uh, I wonder how many that is to say. Not enough to be MVP. Right. That's what I was wondering. You know, how, <laughs> how, how, how many player of the weeks do you have to win to, to be? <laughs> player of the year? Yeah. One would think more than uh, half of 17 would get you there, but apparently not. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> oh, man. I You know, it's a... Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's like Mike Vrabel said in his press conference about when someone asked if getting him 2,000 yards would be a a priority. If Derek ran one time for minus one yards and we won the game, he'd be happy. And you know what? I believe that. I don't think Derek Henry can run one time for minus one yard and the Titans win a ball game. <laughs> There's no question it can happen. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think that's an equation that, that adds up. No. But if it were to happen, he'd still be happy because mm-hmm. all Derek cares about is getting the win. And I'm 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 here for that. So that, that is pretty cool, but I don't think we have to worry about it taking place. So I would. That, that's one of those hypotheticals that ain't going to happen. So Sunday, the Titans welcome the Baltimore Ravens to Nissan Stadium. In a series where the home team has never won a postseason game. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Marlon Humphrey will be in the building and... Earl Thomas will not, though, will he? I don't know. I don't guess so. Marlon Humphrey is uh, is going to be in the building, and I'm just hoping that A.J. Brown can run the post corner as well as I did against Humphrey when he was seven years old <laughs> and I was 18. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just saying. 
Is this I when, used to, I is used this to, when Bobby was coaching the I used to burn Marlon Humphrey on, on the indoor football field all the time. No don't it doesn't matter that he was six and seven years old, but yes, it was when Bobby Humphrey was the coach of the Steel Dogs and we were feeding the team dinner on Thursday nights before <laughs> home games. <laughs> We'd all get out on the field. We just called him Little Hump. We didn't know he was gonna be the Best cornerback out of Alabama in history. And so, what you're saying is you're out there mossing. Oh yeah, seven, seven year old Marlon Humphrey. Oh, wow, that is my claim to fame, folks. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. I hope AJ Brown goes out there and does the same thing to him that I used to do to him when I was ten years older and two foot taller. <laughs> <laughs> it would be it it will it will be a pleasurable experience on Sunday if the Tennessee Titans can get the win. I will certainly be rooting for it for sure. Um, will not be in the stadium though. They told me that uh that I couldn't get a, a spot. They said that uh Teresa Walker vetoed that. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. They I wonder if a if a TSWA Hall of Famer could get in though. They they might let him in. <laughs> <laughs> do my, you know, do you know who is, I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pull that card. Yeah, yeah, now get the out of here. Yeah, we do know who we know you exactly. Are, sir. Yeah, who you are. that's yeah. the problem. And you're, and you're not on the list. <laughs> a, have, have you have you been to a have you been to a game where they ask you if you were on the list yet at a high school game? No, I I got asked the other day. I was like, uh, who are you? Who who are you? <laughs> and I'm like, are you on the list? No, I'm not on the list. I got a got a little. You don't. You don't. I got a badge. I got, yeah. <laughs> I got an all-access pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bernard Childress, because they were getting ready to leave media off. Oh well, that that can't. Then what? <laughs> uh, I, I, then the, did the games really happen? Then, if I'll tell you, back in the day before these things, I'll tell you that if if two media members said it happened, it happened. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Nowadays you can't you can go back and watch it on Huddle or whatever, but back in the day it used to be if two media members said it happened, then it happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday and we need to get to that. So we will come back and tell you about all the wild and craziest news from across the world starting here in Murray County. On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, weekdays from 9 to 11 right here on WKOM 1017. You never know who's going to stop by. One of the leading voices certainly in the Southeast on college football, John Bryce with footballscoop.com. We have with us this morning, Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. New York Times bestselling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday. Mr. Jeff Perlman. The voice of the Blue Blue Raiders, Chip Walters joining us. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Runner of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 1017 WKOM. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. 
Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, 13 minutes to the top of the 11 o'clock hour, where we will unfortunately leave you, leave you here on this hump day edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show, you can find it on our podcast, available on sm-tnsports.com under the podcast tab. It's real simple. <laughs> Or wherever you get your podcast, just search SM-TN Sports today. That will get you there. We appreciate Columbia Central head girls basketball coach Joshua Bug for joining us in the first hour. And we hope that you will support all of the local advertisers here on WKOM who help get us to the next level covering high school sports in the area, including from the Heart Cafe, who sponsors Coach's Corner. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> 12 minutes away from trying to get that addressed. From lunch time, yeah. Exactly. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and that is brought to you by JJ's Barbecue. Speaking of being Speaking hungry. Speaking of hungry. They're located at 900 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. Go check them out. Since 1998, JJ's Barbecue, the oldest family-owned barbecue restaurant in Mule Town. They bring you the wildest and wackiest news from across the world. I have five random facts for you today, guys. Here are your Top five. So uh, typically, I mean, this isn't really wild and wacky, but they're just random facts. So it can be wild or weird or whatever, but um, we're going to give you five random facts as soon as this little wheel stops turning and says, oh, this site can't be reached. Of course it can't. <laughs> how wild is that? What is going on, man? The internet. How, how, how many random facts? Thank you, internet, <laughs> for being uncooperative today and it is apparently still being uncooperative so we'll start with our murray county incident you guys ever like hit a bird when you're driving down the road it scares you right Mm -hmm. i have yeah i don't see it coming it's just like when i had a jeep um a bird flew into my grill and it stayed there until the car got washed i didn't realize it was stuck in there that's funny Mm mm-hmm that's awful. Now that is 
Interesting. I, I've hit a bird. I've swerved to miss a deer and hit a cow. <laughs> that's a, that's another story for another day. That's why I don't like. Only meaning the cow tipping. Um, I didn't actually hit the cow. It really just stopped like right where the cow was standing, but it was ah. close. Um, yeah. It's a better story if you hit it. But right. <laughs> it's scary when you hit a bird or a deer coming out of nowhere. But it's just a bird or a deer. Uh-oh. What if you're driving down the road and the traffic light just falls on your car? <laughs> uh, I think it's trying to tell you something. Stop. Stop. I, <laughs> I would imagine you would. <laughs> Clearly, don't run the red lights in Spring Hill because uh, on January 1st, <laughs> New Year's Day. Newton. New year, new you, huh? New year, new car for this person as the traffic signal at Kedron Road and Main Street fell on top of a Toyota and uh, pretty much crushed the windshield. <laughs> it's just wild, man. Like, can you imagine that? Just drive. You're just driving down the road. Minding your own business, you know? <laughs> yeah. How wild. That'll uh, get you out of your seat. That'll wake you up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought that was just the nuttiest thing that I'd seen. So, oh, all right. This one is for my wife, who will be very jealous of this first fact. We have five facts for you. Cats sleep so much that by the time they turn nine years old, they've only been awake for about three years. Wow. (laughs) They sleep two-thirds of their life. Which is crazy as a owner of three because it seems like every time I come out of my bedroom first thing in the morning they're all awake. Oh, None yeah. of them to sleep. They're all awake when I get up. They're all awake when I go to bed. So... <laughs> Sarah said, so I'm a cat. <laughs> <laughs> they must be sleeping when I'm at work. They must yeah. be. Yeah. They got so. nothing better to do when, when you're there. They're not um, getting any food. Might as well go to sleep. Yeah. King Olaf V of Norway competed in the Olympics while he was king. But not just because he was king and said, you know what, I'm going to compete in the Olympics. No, he was actually really good at sailing. In fact, he was so good, he won a gold medal in the 1928 Olympics. Now, those Olympics were held in Amsterdam, so I'm curious if they were just like, yes, are you one? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I king mean, Olaf. How do you... Yeah. <laughs> How do you tell the guy, nah, man, you finished like seventh? Yeah. <laughs> sure, you won, definitely, sir. Yep. Oh, surprise. <laughs> Nobody else showed up. <laughs> we sunk the other ships. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we don't use this very often in our world, Mo, but did you know the exclamation point didn't become a standard key on the keyboard until 1970? What did they do before? I guess they didn't. All caps? <laughs> Maybe that's what we're doing now, right? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, I did not know that to answer your question. Did you know that uh, you guys, I don't know if you're big fans of Afro Man, but because I got high, the song, I thought it was just a novelty song. Apparently, it was nominated for Best Rap Solo Performance in 2002 in the Grammy Awards. And it should have won. It did not win. Do you know what I mean, it got beat out by? Missy Elliott, Get Your Freak On. Okay. Which well, is a really uh, great song, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have never put Afro Man and Missy Elliott on the 
same level, but because I got high, it was... It's a pretty funny one. It, yeah. All right. Congress passed a law in 1866 that no living person could appear on currency. Do you know why they did that? <laughs> there had to be a reason, but no, I don't know. An official at the U.S. Treasury snuck himself onto a five-cent bill. Five-cent bill? <laughs> yes, a five-cent bill. He He's took rich. his picture. He's he rich. Is rich. What? He's got his own money. And baby, when I tell you he's got his own money, I mean the boy has got his own money. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> he's rich. You can never go wrong with a coming to America reference. <laughs> the boy has got his own money. Yep. Oh, man. So a five cent bill. Five cent bill, yeah. That's That's... Why do we have a five cent bill? Bill, I guess so he could put his face on something. <laughs> Couldn't put his face on a five cent coin, I so don't he guess. could say he's got his own money. There you go. Hey, if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna steal some Amazon packages, make sure that when you leave, you don't speed away too fast and hit a snowbank <laughs> and get stuck, because that's what happened in uh, Ontario, Canada. When a 33-year-old guy in Brampton, Ontario, stole a package off someone's porch Monday, they caught him in the act, so he tried to speed off in his Toyota Yaris. Yaris? <laughs> a Yaris. Oh, but he drove into a snowbank. The car didn't have the power to get out. Because, <laughs> of course, it didn't. I mean, it's a smart car, essentially. It's a like, Yaris? Is that Canadian's ver- uh, Canada's version of the Taurus? No, no, a Yaris is a Toyota. Isn't it an electric car? Yeah, just it's, it's not huh. even it's not as long as this table. Oh, is that the little... Uh, it's, yeah, it's okay. the... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it probably drove into a snowbank and just froze up. Yeah, it yeah. was done. Yeah. I mean, what do you... You can't get it out. Again, it didn't have the power to get out, so... Wow. Oh, man. High-speed chase in a Yaris, huh? <laughs> exactly. How do they fit the package in those, there? Those wacky Canadians. Yeah, what are you doing going around stealing packages in a Yaris? In a Yaris. <laughs> I mean, where are you going to put them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it was a package, not packages. I guess, but still. <laughs> Maybe it was hmm. shoes or something. For that clown car he was driving? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> nice layup there. Move. Assist. Oop. Oh. To the Hall of Famer. And uh we'll That's what fi- I do. We'll finish it off with another um random thing that happened to a car driver as a Florida woman said she was lucky to walk away alive and uninjured after a piece of plywood fell from a lumber truck and cl- crashed through her windshield. So Ooh. I guess if you're out there driving in 2021, look out for falling look objects. Look out for falling objects. That's wild. What do you do if you don't and have wacky. a sunroof? If you have a sunroof? If you don't have a sunroof. Oh, man. How can you look out for falling objects if you don't have a sunroof? I mean, I guess you just just pay attention to, you know, you just, when it hits your windshield, stop just, real quick. Just drive and hope. That's very Final Destination-ish. Oh, goodness. That's why, that's why I don't drive behind log trucks, by the way. Oh, I, no, I yeah. will not drive behind a log truck. I refuse. <laughs> or garbage trucks. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Or dump trucks. I'm good. Yep. Carrying yep. gravel and that oh, kind yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. Or flatbeds with um, uh, backhoes on it. Exactly. Well, because the mud and the dirt will bounce off and that's rocks correct. will hit your windshield. Yeah. Mm. 
That's Wild and Wacky Wednesday brought to you by JJ's Barbecue. Find them online, JJ's Barbecue. Spell it out, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. Barbecue with a C. With a C. Find them there or just visit them. 900 Hatcher Lane here in Columbia. They're open now. They close at 9 and the... Loaded taters are delicious. Mm, you mm. definitely want to get one of those. We appreciate our friends over at JJ's Barbecue for supporting Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll be back on WZYX in Franklin County. So there you go. If you missed any part of the show, check us out on your podcast. Follow us, SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to talk to you then. For J.P. Plant and Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yao. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia.